hey, we're going to get started. But first, before we get started, I'm going to show you something, a blast from the past, 10 years ago, 10 years ago today. Today is Gotcha Day. And those of you who are familiar with the whole adoption world, Gotcha Day is the anniversary of the day that you adopt the kid, because you gotcha, I gotcha. Uh, and so today, 10 years ago today, uh, I became a dad for the second time, and we adopted Lily. Julie and I flew over to uh, Taiwan, and there we are standing on the porch of uh, the National Taiwanese Museum. Uh, we were just going stir crazy in the hotel room. We had to hang out there for two weeks until we had an appointment with the U.S. consulate so we could get her out of the country and get her back in here and all that good stuff. But so we were hanging out there, and yeah, I was still representing the Cowboys over in Taiwan, and uh, they didn't know it. it had probably been about 15 years since we even like donned a Super Bowl or playoff at that time. It doesn't matter, but, uh, but they did recognize the star. I'll, I'll give you that, man. Jerry Jones done a great job, but, but uh, that was my little baby girl, and she is still here. She's hanging out with Becca over in Kids Gathering. And uh, so for a decade now, we've been pals and buddies, and I went over feeling all noble, thinking, man, look at me, I'm rescuing this kid. Had no clue. Uh, that was the furthest thing from the truth. She, she rescued me in a whole lot of ways. She, she taught me a lot of things about myself and uh, ways that I needed to grow in the Lord, and uh, she has showed me how to love in ways that I didn't even know I could. And uh, so, happy gotcha day, Lily Grace. She, she can't hear me. She's in there, but... So, uh, all right. The next several weeks, we're going to be talking about the resurrection. We're calling this series, Get Up. Get Up. Jesus was put in a tomb, but he got up. There are going to be times that you feel like life is burying you and covering you or hiding you. And it's going to be easy just to wallow in some of your own sadness and grief and some of your own weariness. But you got to get back up. And you can via the Lord, the power of the Lord, via the power of the Holy Spirit. But it's time to start getting happy and coming back to life. We've been hidden enough with this pandemic. We've been, uh, you know, and I realize the world hadn't opened back up yet, but I'm telling you, the world is about to open back up to us. Life is about to kick back in. We need to get ready to love on some folk uh, because there are going to be people here in this community and in the greater community that are tired of hanging out at the house and tired of just not being able to be around folk. And one of the greatest ways to be around people is to get back to church. And uh, so we just need to be ready and welcoming. And that's why we're extending the gift bag. We got a mailer going out to advertise our, our uh, outdoor Easter service. And, um, but even then, we need to be ready to start plugging people into the Word of God, give them opportunities to get into the Word of God, give them opportunities to worship. Why? Because we want people to get up. We want people to awaken to understand the resurrection. And uh, so, so that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks leading up to, to Easter is uh, just meditations on uh, just various thoughts concerning the resurrection and what it means to us as believers. The resurrection is where it is at. We spend a lot of time talking about the crucifixion of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, and the shedding of the blood. And that is so important. We, we need it a sacrifice. We need it blood to be shed so the blood can be applied to our life. And we needed Jesus to be buried so that our past can be buried too. But we needed him to get up. Why? So that we can get back up. We die out to our old self, and yet we're resurrected as something new. We're going to talk about that. But 
I want to point out the fact, this is why resurrection is so important. We are, I'm going to show you a screen, screen it's got a lot of words on it, but we're going, to, we're going to work through it. We're the only major faith in the world, really, that has a living Savior. We're the only major faith in the world that has a living Savior. A Savior that, that isn't living, but He came back to life. But we purport that He is still alive, that He ascended. And the angel said that he would return just as he ascended. He would come back. And we believe that. We believe in, in an, a, an eventual return of Christ. But look at some of the major religions in the world. And I'm not throwing shade on people. I'm not throwing people. And we got a beautiful, diverse neighborhood right behind us. And it's full of different faiths and no faiths and all walks of life. And I've had a chance to, to, to eat with plenty of them and, and fellowship with plenty of them. And we just agree uh, to disagree on a lot of things, and these are some of the things. But look, think about this. Krishna, everyone knows about Krishna, right? Uh, Krishna was uh, uh, a figure within the Hindi religion. Uh, he's the blue guy. He's often, uh, uh, often painted as being uh, the blue guy. And he was believed to be an avatar of God that would come down and enlighten folks. Uh, much of his teaching is found in the Bhagavad Gita. And uh, so, yeah, Krishna, this was his fate. He was mistaken for a sleeping deer and killed by a hunter. And moments before his death, when he realized he was about to depart the earth, he forgave the hunter. So if you're going to be a follower of Krishna, eventually you can find out that you can die and you can forgive folks as you're dying. I guess that's a good thing. It's not necessarily all bad. But it doesn't do anything for my sins and my condition you know, uh, Muhammad in six, 609 AD at the age of about 61, 62 year old, years old, Muhammad fell ill and died shortly thereafter. So he came out, had a lot of teaching, uh, went through a lot of battles, you know, fought a lot of foes and uh, established a religion. But ultimately, even he fell ill and died. They're not even sure exactly what of, you know. It was a quick illness, and he died. Gautama Buddha, boy, a lot of, Bo lot of Buddhist teachings. And, and hey, look, there's, I've read a lot of the Buddhist sutras, and there's, ironically, a lot of parallels between some of the teachings of Christ and Buddhism. And, and it's, it's, there's some, some helpful philosophies and, and almost a lot of self-help type stuff. You know what he died from? Buddha. Man, Howard, Howard says he died from one of, Bob's, uh, one of Bob's smoked ribs. Pork ribs, that's what Howard says. Bob, he was trash-talking to ribs today. I heard it. No. <laughs> if you're watching, Bob. No he, no, he didn't say it. He didn't say it. He died from bad pork. Man, if you're going to make pork chops, you better cook that pork chop. Otherwise, you could kill Buddha. Even... Even being enlightened or whatever Buddha claimed to be did not give him pork immunization, you know? He died of a bad pork chop. You need to cook that pork. Howard, if you need to learn to cook a pork, he need to be eating Howard's pork. Man, Howard knows how to smoke all kind of meats. Howard cook a pig from the rooter to the tutor. But it's going to be cooked, and it wouldn't kill Buddha, I promise you that. Lao Tzu, Lao Tzu wrote the Tao Te Ching. I've read the Tao Te Ching. It's, it's some neat, wise stuff. A lot of it parallels the teaching of Christ. Came, he came 600 years before Christ. 
Uh, say, well, what, 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 why is it parallel? Because sometimes when people do tap into spiritual truth, when they are seekers and they tap into spirit, there are universal spiritual truths that you can find across a lot of platforms of faith. And, and truth is truth, no matter what, what ribbon you want to put on it. But Lao Tzu, eventually all he did was, you know, he wrote the Tao Te Ching. He actually didn't write it. He, he spoke it, and other folks wrote it on bamboo. And, uh, yeah, some some pretty good spiritual wisdom, but he eventually hopped on an ox and rode off. On he, he got tired of everyone, really. He was a whole man. He's like, man, I'm tired of you guys. Seriously, that's what he said. He hopped on an ox, and he rode off on a mountain, and everyone started saying, what happened to that loud zoo? And they all said, well, he rode off on an ox, and he went and died on that mountain. That's, you know, kind of anticlimactic. Well, th- you know, thank you for the wisdom, but still, it doesn't do anything for my condition. Of sin, And then we come to Jesus, Jesus Christ. He was crucified for our sins, for the express purpose of our sins. He shed his blood as atonement for my sin. The word atonement means that at one minute, he allowed me to become one with God once again through faith in his blood. He was placed in a tomb, but he didn't just stay there. He got back up. He came back to life. And three days, he was resurrected, walked amongst his followers, and eventually, eventually ascended into heaven and through faith. Now, all of these sound ridiculous. And all of these take faith. But if I'm going to put my faith in someone, I want to put my faith in someone that has done something, just didn't want to share wisdom with me, just didn't want to share some spiritual thoughts with me, but someone that actually would take enough love and would sacrifice themselves for me. So that I wouldn't not, not just have to die out to my old self. It's wonderful that we can die out to our sins. That we can know him in the crucifixion and die out to our sins. And it's wonderful that our sins and our past can be buried. Some of us need to do that. We need to bury our past in an unmarked grave. You know, If you ever go to Israel and tour the Holy Lands, you know, there's, there's two different spots in old Jerusalem where they feel possibly were the, uh, the, the locations of the the tomb right you've got the church of the holy sepulcher and folks show up there and they worship there's there's a still a a a piece of rock then they'll go and worship there and 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 kiss it and all this stuff and and it you know and then there's a place called the garden tomb and and you go there and it looks you look around you go wow yeah if you read the account this could maybe it could be it but there's a reason why why the bible doesn't leave an address on these areas that that Jesus walked or where he was buried or exactly where he was crucified because we're not really supposed to worship the location we're supposed to worship him and some of us need to do the same thing with our past you need to bury your past in an unmarked grave let the Lord just bury it and don't try to mark it that way you can't even find it again you can't go back and mourn you can't go back and worry over it I don't even know where God buried my past But the power is the fact that he got back up. And therefore, I can get back up in newness of life. Okay? So there's some things. That's the power. That's why we need to get excited and celebrate. It's because resurrection, resurrection is what sets us apart from all these other religions. There's some great wisdom you can find, sure. But man, there is not a redemptive resurrection in any of it except for us. And, and so this is, this is just three. I'm going to talk about three reasons. There's a myriad of reasons why we can get excited about resurrection. But here's the first one. Resurrection brings life. 
You can get excited about resurrection today. Why? Because resurrection brings life. Romans 8, verse 9 through 11. But you are not doing what your sinful old selves want you to do. You are doing what the Holy Spirit tells you to do if you have God's Spirit living within you. Isn't that a wild fact that when you become a Christian, you actually start talking different, living different, walking different, acting different? You're not doing what your old self wanted to do. That's why when you really have a true conversion and a true encounter with Jesus, you can't go back and do some of the stuff you used to do. It just doesn't fit right anymore. You don't feel comfortable doing it. The closer you get to God, the, the more this world and some of the, the activities of the world just start fading away. The Holy Spirit has a way of doing that. You, you start decreasing as he increases, right? Your, your rights start, you start giving up your, quote, rights, but you inherit his rights, you know? Uh, as you become smaller in him and he becomes greater in you. And it's because of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, if Christ is in you, or no one belongs to Christ if he does not have Christ's spirit in him. We were talking about that in the men's Bible study. There's a lot of folk that claim to be Christian, but yet you, you don't see any fruit of it. You know, it's just one thing to, you know, just because you win an award to get up and say you give all praise to God, but when you step off the stage, how are you living, you know? Uh, verse 10, if Christ is in you, your spirit lives because you are right with God, and yet your body is dead because of sin. What does that mean? Well, we have, we have a condition, the human condition, and it's due to the fall of man. And that is the fact that, you know, the old adage is, you know, when you're born, you start dying on the day that you're born. Anyone ever heard that? You know? Ultimately, think about it. We're all terminal. Nobody gets off this rock alive, you know, physically. These bodies were only made to live so long. And then, and then they're quite biodegradable. You know, that's not a morbid thought. That's just life, right? We, we live, we experience, and then, and then with, through faith in Christ, we get to cross over and be with him. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ, Paul says. And so, so that's what he's talking about. He says, because you have the Spirit of God in you, your spirit is alive. It's going to live forever. But your body, your body's dying. Why? Because it's, that's the physical nature. That's it's a result of the fall of man. Verse 11, the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. That's a powerful presence. That's a powerful spirit. To be able to reanimate a man who's been dead for three days. Three days he's been lifeless. And now you're, you're reanimating him. That's a powerful spirit. If the same Holy Spirit lives in you, he will give life to your bodies in the same way way. Now, some folks will, will relate this to dis, dispensationally to, to the rapture, that it's going to be the Holy Spirit that allows us to be raptured out of here. And however, wherever you fall on that whole discussion here or there, there's a, there's a million teachings on it and a million opinions on it. But what I want to do is, is not talk about it in sweet terms of the sweet by and by or eternity. I want to talk about it in terms of the nasty now and now that we have to live in, right? Even though your bodies are aging, even though your bodies aren't made to last forever the holy spirit i will say this the resurrection power of god lives in you if you are filled with the holy spirit because it's the same spirit that rose christ from the dead according to the word and he said and not only is your spirit going to live but it will give life to your body no matter where you are at in life part of part of the covenant he has with you is health 
well-being. That's what salvation means. The word salvation in Greek is sozo. It means wellness of being, wholeness of being, uh, redemption of being, not just punching your ticket to heaven in the sweet by and by, but all these wonderful things right here. So the, res- the fact that Christ resurrected via the Holy Spirit means that via the Holy Spirit, you can experience resurrection power no matter what stage you are at in life you have access to health healing wellness of being you know it doesn't mean that you're going to be 65 years old acting like a 25 year old but it means that you can be the healthiest 65 year old that you can be you can be the most living and alive 70 year old you can be 49 year old you can be however old you are wherever you are at whatever point you are at God's promise and his covenant with you is that resurrection brings life. The next thing that you can get excited about is resurrection gives a new start. 2 Corinthians 5, starting with verse 13. He says, are we crazy to talk like this? Think about it. When we're talking about a man coming back to life, that is some pretty crazy stuff. You know, are we crazy to talk like this? It is all because of what God has done. If we're using our minds well, it is for you. For the love of Christ puts us into action. I love that. I love that. If, if you are really encountering the love of Christ, it's going to cause you to take action. It's going to cause you to be a blessing. It's not going to just be, oh, hey, I encounter the love of Christ, so I go to church on Sunday. Isn't that wonderful? I used to not go to church, but now I go to church. Well, that's great. But what are you doing the rest of the week? This is just the pep rally. The real game of life takes place the rest of the week. How are we taking uh, the gospel and the kingdom of God out to the world? And the love of God will cause you to action. That's what caused a group of folks to show up yesterday and take about two hours out of the day on their Saturday to stuff some bags and go drop it on, play ding-dong ditch in the, in the neighborhood, you know, to, and drop, drop off some gifts. Why? Because the love, we've encountered the love of Jesus, and we just want to love on other, other people. And let them know how much Jesus loves them. For the love of Christ puts us into action. We are sure that Christ died for everyone. So because of that, everyone has a part in his death. You can encounter, you can, you, you can walk with God according to the death of Christ. You can also die out to your old self. Everyone can. Everyone gets a chance for a mulligan. Isn't that wonderful? Everyone can have a do-over. Moving to verse 15, Christ died for everyone so that they would live for him. They should not live to please themselves, but for Christ who died on a cross and was raised from the dead for them. Do you realize that from here on out, our life is not our own. We are to live for him. In all your ways, the Bible says, acknowledge him. That means everything about your life, you should run by him. It should clear his desk. Hey, Lord, do you want me to go on vacation at this time? Hey, Father, do you want me to invite these people over? Lord, what would you have me wear today? Hey, how would you have me eat? Who would you have me associate with and hang out with? You know, and we live for him now to please him, not for our own selfish ambitions, right? Uh, Verse 16, so from now on, we do not think about people. We do not think what people are like by looking at them. Woo, man, that will preach right there. From here on out, because of what Jesus did, we don't look at people and judge them from what we see on the outside. It is not of God to judge people according to what they look like, 
I don't care what their skin color is. I don't care how they're dressed. I don't care what the background is. I don't care if they're of another culture, another religion, another faith, and then we, if, for you to look down on them because they're different than us is absolutely wrong. It's unbiblical. He said, matter of fact, we even thought about Christ that way one time, but we do not think of him that way anymore. In other words, we used to think Jesus was crazy. Like, who in the world is this guy coming out preaching this stuff that the kingdom of God is here, is near? And then he went and got himself killed? What? What a crazy guy. And all of a sudden they realized, you know, Paul's like, man, I used to think of him crazy, but I had an encounter with him. He changed my life. And because of what he's done for me, I can't look at anyone else like that. All I can do is go, I'm compelled to go love on people, right? Because of, but then look what he says. For if a man belongs to Christ, he is a new person. The King James says he's a new creature. The old life is gone. New life has begun. It's just like the caterpillar. I preached about the caterpillar the other week. That when, when the caterpillar changes into a butterfly, it's absolutely amazing. But a butterfly can never go back and become another caterpillar. Why? Because he is a new creature. He's something altogether different. And that's how our salvation is. When God truly gets a hold of you, and you truly open your heart up to his love and the power of his spirit and his resurrection power, you're not just, it's just not a matter of you stop doing what you used to do. But it's a matter of you become something totally different. You get a new deal. You get a do-over. I don't care what mistakes you've made in the past. I don't care how bad you've messed up, how many times you messed up. I don't care if you think you exhausted God's grace all day yesterday. The Bible says his mercy is fresh every morning. So for as much as you mess up during the day, he's got a fresh batch of mercy. He's just whipped up and pulled out of his oven for you. Every morning, his mercy endures forever. And the more he empowers you, the more, the more you become empowered to not live your old life. There's true change that can take place. There's true conviction that can take place in your heart. The Holy Spirit will let you know when you walk and do something that you shouldn't do, all of a sudden, man, you'll feel it. And you stop doing it if you really want to grow with him. Thirdly, lastly, Resurrection not only brings life, resurrection brings a new start, but resurrection brings validation. It allows you to be, and it proves to everyone that you are who God says you are. That you're not the knucklehead everyone thought you were. You're not the, the, the foul up everyone thought you were, but you really are a true child of God, and you really are victorious. You really are the, the head and not the tail. You're the first and not the last. And resurrection power in your life validates that. The fact that you were one way and that old person died out and now you're something totally new. You know, I've, I, I, I remember uh, the Plumlee family. When I was a child at our church, there was Steve Plumlee, Steve and Hilda Plumlee. And everyone called him Old Man Plumlee. And uh, matter of fact, they got married super young. They got married back in the 1920s. They, their wedding pictures look, looks like Bonnie and Clyde. It's that, kind of that old. Uh, uh, old man Plumley hated church, and he hated everything about God. And Hilda Plumley would show up Sunday morning, because we had Sunday morning service and Sunday night service. She'd come on Sunday morning and Sunday night. And he would tell her every Sunday. He's like, that's fine. I'll let you go to church on Sunday morning, but don't you, don't you go to church 
Tonight, you've had enough church. Don't you go back there with all those Jesus freaks and them crazy people and them holy rollers, all this stuff. He said, don't you get around them people because all of a sudden you, you think you're better than me. And she just she had the most quiet, meek spirit and to the point that he would get abusive. I mean, for years, she would come on Sunday night service knowing that when she got home, he was going to abuse her. And it was a different time. You know, people just didn't like split up like they do now. And, and she kept, she would show up and she would t- she'd stand up every service you know, we, we, and, and just say, everybody pray for me. I know what's coming to me. But God promised me that he would save my husband. Promised me he would save my husband. And so if I got to get beat every Sunday until that happens, it's going to be worth it to know that he's going to go to heaven. And man, he was, I was scared of him. He would, every now and then he'd show up to church on a Sunday morning. I was scared to death of him. And he was one of the most racist men one of the most racist. He showed up one Sunday morning. Uh, we had a, a man by the name of John Caples. He was an African-American, uh, played for the Chicago Bulls for a while, and, and was a powerful evangelist. And he showed up to preach, and I remember old man Plumbing got up and walked out. Said, I'll be back when you stop inviting the wrong kind of people to preach. <laughs> Told Pastor Davis that, my old pastor. And, and sure enough, the day came of all things on a Sunday night, Steve Plumley was 72 years old, and he went down to an altar, big old tears coming down his face, and he gave his heart to the Lord, and God filled him with the Holy Spirit that night, and there was a change that the old man died, and who showed up the next Sunday was some guy with a big old smile on his face and a big bag of candy and was passing candy out to all the kids after service. He became known as the candy man. He, he'd pass things out. Matter of fact, we had... We had a, a mixed couple that was attending. The, the wife was African-American, and, and uh, they had a beautiful baby girl that was about three years old, and Steve Plumley fell in love with that child and would carry her all over the place. You know, almost became a, a second grandparent to, to this child where, where before he, he wouldn't have even wanted to come close. There was such a, a, a change in this man's nature. God got a hold of him. That's what I'm talking about, resurrection power. He became a new creature. He became someone totally different. And everybody talked about it. I said, man, Steve Plumley. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what he got a hold of, but I need it. <laughs> yeah, and he wound up leading several of his friends to the Lord. Some of these old men started coming in and giving their heart to the Lord because they saw something different. It validated, it validated the fact that he really did change. It was because he was resurrected, something brand new. What's going on here is Paul is talking to a bunch of philosophers and and, uh, uh, pagan theologians on Mars Hill. He had gone to Athens and started looking around at all their spiritualism. And they had an altar to Hermes and an altar to Zeus and an altar to Aphrodite and all these other altars. And and the Greeks were were very artistic. They were very spiritual. Spiritual. They were very, uh, you know, they worshipped a lot of idols. They had a lot of um, mythology going on, and and so here's Paul showing up in the midst of all this, and also the cradle of modern philosophy. You know, Socrates and Aristotle and all those guys, and and Paul shows up, the Apostle Paul, and he says he starts preaching the gospel that Jesus Christ died. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried. That he rose again in three days, and, and that he ascended into heaven. And so, in faith through Jesus. We can be one with God now and have our sins washed away. And they said, what kind of crazy talk is this? Come on up to Morris Hill and let's 
talk with the philosophers. And so Paul did, and he showed up and he said, guys, I, I can tell you guys are very spiritual. He says, man, I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of altars that you've built and a bunch of idols. And he goes, but I, I want to point to one. He said, I saw one the other day and it said, an altar to the unknown God. Just in case we missed one, <laughs> got an altar to an unknown God. He goes, let me tell you about this unknown God. And he started telling me, he said, look, you know, even your own philosophers have said, we are the children of God, and, and he's here. He's a lot closer than what you think, because in him we live, move, and have our being. You know, we don't have to go to some idol to worship, but he's here and he's present. And he, and, and he even told him there was a season that he would wink at, at your ignorance, because he knew he put this whole desire that you have to seek a God and to be spiritual, he put that in you so that you would seek him out. And he said, but the time has come. It's, things have changed now. And that's where he started talking here. He goes, Acts 17, chapter, starting with verse 30. God did not remember these times when people did not know better. But now he tells all men everywhere to be sorry for their sins and to turn from them. He has set a day when he will say in the right way of the people of the world are guilty. This will be done by Jesus Christ, the one he has chosen. So when they said that he is chosen, they're sitting there going, well, how? how? How do we know that he's chosen? God has proven this to all men by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. So to prove Jesus was who God says he was, it wasn't just that he died for our sins or that he was put in a tomb, but that he was risen from the dead. It validated the fact that Jesus was who he claimed he was. So resurrection validates us we we get to know him in the power or we, we get to know him in the suffering of his death but paul says that we also get to know him through the power of his resurrection get excited about that let's all stand you can get excited about that why because resurrection brings life you can experience life in your body you can get happy you can get excited you can you can experience uh vitality your faith can be alive people are sick of dead religion people are sick of just going through rituals and 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 uh habits and ceremonies and yet the lord says no 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 no. i want a relationship that's all he wants with us he wants a relationship just as sure as you have a relationship with a brother or with a spouse or with a love that's the kind of relationship he wants on a daily basis. And you can get excited about it. Ryan, come help me out here. Uh, you can be excited about it. You can, it brings life to you. Resurrection also gives you a brand new start. If there's someone here today and you're like, you know what, I, I need to start over. Maybe, you've, maybe you committed your, your heart to the Lord several years back and just life got the better of you. And you've just walked away. And you're like, you know what, I just, I, I need to take a moment and just recommit some things. I need a do-over, you know, praise God for his grace. You know, we've talked about it in the men's Bible study. I love it. Grace isn't a matter of, woo, we live in grace. We can go do whatever we want. No, grace is, hey, God saying, you know what, if you mess up, that's fine. Keep coming to me. Get closer to me. That's what grace is about. And finally, resurrection validates who you, God says you are resurrection power resurrection power father i thank you that you just jesus i thank you that you just didn't die for my sins that would have been enough 
that you took my place. I thank you that you just didn't shed your blood. That would have been enough so that my sins can be totally cleansed and washed. Just as our blood carries, uh, carries waste and dirt and filth away from our cells and carries precious oxygen to every cell, that's what your blood does for us daily. It washes us clean from all the filth and it carries vital spiritual nourishment to our hearts. That would have been enough. It would have been enough for you to have just been placed in a tomb so that my, my history could be covered. But you did even more. You came back. You rose again. You got back up. And because of that, because I am dead to myself but alive in you, I can get back up, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a few moments. Maybe you just need to get back up in your own heart and in your own spirit and your own mind. Maybe you just need a little bit of life pumped into you today. Allow the Holy Spirit to do that. Just worship along with Ryan. If anyone needs any prayer, I'll be right over here. I would, I would love the opportunity to pray for you. I don't care what it's for. I would love the opportunity to pray with you today. Uh, and then we're going to worship one more time as a family before we're dismissed. Amen.